This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you hear my voice on Sunday, that means you are not hearing about a Nebraska football win these days. Or at least that's what the odds tell you. It is Mike Schaefer. I am back with another Sunday side session. This time to talk about Nebraska's latest collapse against Wisconsin and a Big Ten team and in football in general. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's not great. Honestly, it's just not great. Nebraska, 15-14 losers to Wisconsin to help me break it all down, to put it into perspective. To discuss all three highlights from the game, Josh Peterson from Unsportsmanlike Conduct on 1620 The Zone. Josh, welcome to the Sunday Side Session Podcast. Let's get hyped! <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. I So, walking out of the stadium yesterday, I was talking with Brunt, mm-hmm. and we were, we were kind of having the conversation, and it's like, I've seen enough Nebraska losses. Um like more than I would have expected at this point uh, in my 11 years at Husker 24 seven and my 13 years of covering the team in general. Um, The thing that I like am now not prepared for is just this sort of idea that Nebraska is, is never just going to win the game in front of them. Yep. Like, I mean, there are, there are so few examples with, Rutgers basically and and I guess Indiana and I sort of North Dakota because I was tied at one point sure those are the those are the three games in which Nebraska shows the resiliency necessary to either get off the field at the end or to go punch in enough points to to go win a game and uh it it just it, it is just befuddling to watch and yet you can you do it as it was happening, it was just like, well, they got to keep adding here. They need to get at least X amount of first downs, or they need to do this. And whenever Nebraska needs to do something in the year of 2022, it is very difficult, uh, laborious, and often unsuccessful. 
Yeah, I think the hard part for, you know, so many Husker fans right now, and, and I mean, even those of us who cover them, is you can see it coming from a mile away. You know, I don't know how many, you know, group chats that you're in where, where you know, the, the, the conversation turns sour at some point in the second half. I know that I was in a few, you know, certainly Twitter felt that way where it's like, all right, well, how are they going to find a way to lose it this time? And at one point, shape it was like kind of a joke, you know, within the last couple of years. But I think now saying that, you know, and I, I know I thought it on Saturday. It's just kind of a point where I feel sad. Like, okay, well, how are they going to figure out a way to lose it this time? Like another really good performance by Bill Bush's defense. You know, another real strong performance against, and, and look, it was two running backs this week instead of maybe just one guy, but they held both of them below 100 yards. The first time Wisconsin didn't have a 100-yard rusher in a game versus Nebraska in years. And still, in the end, you just kind of could see it happening. The, the part I think that stinks the most about a lot of these losses right now is, at least last year, it was always like these goofy plays that would go against Nebraska. Oh, mm -hmm. hey, they had a strange fumble at the worst time possible or a horrible penalty that gave the opposition another chance. Like, this one was just a slow burn, you know, death by a thousand mm -hmm. paper cuts. And, you know, again, saw it coming from a mile away. And sure enough, Wisconsin, you know, completes the pass. It's first and goal. They end up punching it in a couple plays later. They leave as a victor again. Yeah, and I mean, it It also just sort of the difficulty that Nebraska has of just doing anything on offense right now. And, and look, they're playing they're playing better defenses. But if you just put a below average offensive line out there, yep. Nebraska has more. Like it is, it is so remarkable that we're in now through eleven games. And you still aren't entirely sure if you've seen the worst offensive line performance this season. Yeah. Because it, it would had to have been Saturday. I mean, like, I don't know that their offensive line has looked worse at, at any other point. And that's saying a lot because we've seen Casey Thompson under duress most of this season. Yep. Um, but Saturday was just like a different level. It felt like neither guard, it didn't matter if it was Brock Bando, Ethan Piper, Henry Lutovsky, uh, the ghost of uh, you know, Carl Nix. Like, it didn't matter who it was that was playing guard out there. Just got absolutely destroyed. And, and, like, you know, it's one thing if you're just getting shoved back, like you're losing the point of attack. Yeah. I mean, Nebraska was getting, like, a hand on a guy before a high school swim move just ripped him through. Yeah. And, you know, the play's basically destroyed right at the onset. And it's – uh I, I don't know how you call that offense. I don't know if you're Anthony Grant, how you're supposed to run the ball. Mm -hmm. I, Anthony Grant didn't help himself out with a couple nope. times where, you know, he just needed to get north and south. So there's other issues at play just besides the offensive line. But, you know, that, that first and goal carry where basically like they just called a, a dive or, you know, maybe it wasn't a straight dive, but just a simple inside yeah. running play. Yeah. And there was three Wisconsin defenders a yard past the line of scrimmage before Casey Thompson had handed him the ball. Yeah, yeah. Three of them. Like, that is – and, okay, so one came untouched from outside, sure. One guy went right up the middle. Yeah. Just, like, right – just right through Trent Hickson. I yeah, mean, and it was just – it was baffling, man, and and not to turn away from the offense for for too long, but like there were other times when Nebraska was on defense, and it was like, okay, here it looks like they're going to bring the house, and nobody, you know, no one was even near, you know, Graham Mertz, yeah. and, and and that was that was certainly a a big frustration. You know, you were obviously watching the game in the stadium. I had it on TV, and there was a time in the second half. I was at the station, 
and they show a graphic and it says like, you know, rushing yards this half. And it was like Wisconsin was at the time like 150. And Nebraska said 22. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And they still had yeah. the lead, man. They still Dude, had they're the probably lead. a 14 to three at that point. Yeah, and that's the part that is just, you know, they they just again in one of these games in the second half, they couldn't do that one more thing. They couldn't have that one extra drive that would have just really made it tough on Wisconsin. And and then they were unable to to put it away. Like you, you said what you did about the offensive line a few minutes ago. Like to look at the the rushing statistics in this one for Nebraska. 29 carries for 65 yards, 2.2 yards per carry. I mean, it's just, it's it's baffling. Casey Thompson has the longest run of the day, 14 yards, longer than Anthony Grant had. And, you know, sometimes Anthony Grant, his his shiftiness and his ability to not always run forward, it ends up helping, you know, him in Nebraska. But, man, so often it, it hurt them and it put them behind the chains. But, yeah. I mean, a lot of times also, like you said, I mean, <laughs> he, he didn't have a whole lot of help from, from up front. It was just, I mean, a kind of a complete failure top to bottom in a lot of ways with, with right. the offensive performance. Well, and then I see people hammering Mark Whipple and I understand why they're doing that. And yet at the same time, he might be playing galaxy brain play calls because Nebraska's best running game was scrambling yeah. for the third week in a row. Yeah. Like literally clearing out receivers to then have your quarterback scramble was more successful than any other run game that Nebraska could put together. Along those lines, what do you think of, because Ravi and I spent a lot of time on overreaction yesterday talking about this, rolling Casey Thompson out and putting him in position maybe where he's getting away from the flow. I know that obviously that's going to take off half the field, most likely in terms of mm -hmm. what type of routes you can run and the receivers that you're going to have, but just putting him on the running, maybe getting him away from some of that pressure that was obviously coming up front, you know, darn near every time he dropped back to pass. So I guess my question is this, which direction are you going to roll him? I assume to the right, so he's not thrown across his body. So then you're you're putting a lot of pressure on uh, your yeah. right tackle to to marginally hold up, so you're not rolling straight into a pass rush. Yeah, maybe you put him back like a punter. You snap it. He's in like a punt formation, ten to twelve yards behind the line of scrimmage. Give it would give him plenty of time. He could throw running forward. That'd be nice. You know the saddest thing is Nebraska should almost use a wide receiver that steps back, that doesn't run a route, that all he does is stays in for protection to then roll to that side. Yeah, seriously. That might be the safest way to, to keep yeah. Casey Thompson upright right now. Yeah. I mean, I traditionally, yeah, I think rolling a pocket makes sense if you have one weak tackle. It's a lot harder to do when you have two guys that can't play offensive tackle yeah. combined with two guys that can't play offensive guard. Yeah. And I look, is that over the top? Probably. But they don't have answers. I mean, this is the worst offensive line play anyone has seen. And we're now in game 11. I'd love to know where Donovan Rayola got the team better at any point this season. Yeah, seriously. And, you know, isn't the baffling part then about this, like, that they sometimes score, you know, that they got a couple of touchdowns. and Did they stay out of their own way long enough to score? Yeah. That they seriously, man. That they and and yesterday they they were the the second touchdown drive. They benefited from what two penalties on Wisconsin that helped them. Yards of yeah, yeah. So I mean, they, they, that was obviously a big help. But that they that they sometimes will have these drives where it looks really good, and you're like, wow, what, why can't they do that more often? And, and I don't know how much of it is that man. They, they sometimes are just really great at putting together a game plan, you know, and, and executing it at the start of a game. Um, other times, how much of it is just the opposition adjusting to them and Nebraska not being able to adjust back? But I think a lot of it is that. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Mark Whipple can adjust to whatever a team just chooses to take away. Yeah. Um, and so that's why when they have success, it's fleeting because yep. it's just sort of they lucked into 
the right play call at the right time or an individual made a really nice play mm -hmm. or Casey Thompson avoids pressure and then picks up a first down to extend a drive. You get a penalty, you get another penalty. I mean, it's just, they, they, they almost need to luck into these situations and they're going to get another week of that again against Iowa where yep. they're just not going to competently be able to put together drives. that will get you, you know, 17, <coughs> 17 points. Whatever this the the over under for that game is, if it's above thirty five, like I mean, I don't think Iowa can score on Nebraska's defense straight up. Yeah, yesterday it was um, thirty two and a half for the game against Minnesota, and the under easily hit between yeah. Iowa and Minnesota. Nebraska and Wisconsin, that under easily hit. I yep. seriously, I wonder if it might be lower than the thirty two and a half. Could it could it get into the twenties? You know, I mean, could, that would be one of the lowest unders I think I've ever seen. Ever seen? I think so. Yeah. yeah. But that's kind of where we're at when you're talking about both of those offenses. So, uh, you know, I it's got to be super frustrating to the people over there. But at the same time, you know, it's it's collective. Like, I've been ragging on the offensive line, but they weren't the only ones to make mistakes yesterday. I mean, Nebraska's special teams play at times. Like, you got really good performances individually from mm -hmm. some of your kickers. And then you also have guys like Tommy Hill who just don't have situational awareness at all. Mm -hmm. You get the big opportunity to have a return and to, to flip field position and at the very least give yourself a punt that's going to force them to have to go the length of the field and you get a holding call in that yep. moment on the yep. kick return, which yep. I don't even know. Like, I never saw where the hold was. I think it was called on yeah. Omar Manning. Yeah, I didn't uh, see it either. The The absolute baffling part to me is that flag was thrown in the area in which the ball was kicked off. So I don't even know how there could have been holding that far upfield at that yeah. point in time. And how does that happen that fast too? Yeah. So I, it was, it was absolutely dumbfounding to me. Uh, that kind of stuff. You have Oliver Martin, who I guess if he's just told, he's not allowed to do anything, but fair catch it. Yeah. He's he had catching with two, yards to run. Yeah. He had two instances where there was yards to run. And then a third instance where the ball is driving. I understand you don't want to let it get too far deep, but that last fair catch where they take it on the 10 or whatever, mm -hmm. if he lets that go, that probably goes into the end zone. You pick up 10 extra yards. That Dude, way. that thing was screaming towards the end zone. Screaming. Well, and you saw with, with Brian Buscini, like with a guy's kicking with the wind, you got to let it go. Yeah, like, exactly. Fall in there. I, I yeah. just absolutely just little decisions like that just seem to weigh against Nebraska far more than any other team you'd see uh, in college football because they just, repeatedly when given the opportunity to make a 50 50 good or bad decision it's like they always end up picking back yeah they lose yards they lose you know field position all of those things yeah i mean you just mentioned a couple of of three special teams plays basically right a punt that could have gone into the end zone a hold on a on a on a kick return a fair catch when there were at least 10 yards to run i mean that that stuff adds up that stuff adds yeah. up and so for a team shape that average as we mentioned 2.2 yards a carry and five Point three yards per pass attempt they ran 49 plays yesterday yeah. and they barely had 170 yards like that type of yardage adds up because if you're not moving the ball <laughs> you need to start in a better spot to take right. advantage of it and they're unable to well and then on top of that i mean just like the the fact you're only running 49 plays like that works Dude. against you too like you yeah. just you don't have the ability to stay on the field, which then means your defense is on the field a long time. And and frankly, I mean, even though they gave up the yardage running, I, Nebraska's defense gave you every opportunity to win this game again. 
Again, man, the long run for Wisconsin was 22 yards. They yeah. bottled up, and that look, which was an incredibly nice play by Braylon Allen. Oh, super about, patient. Yeah, he yeah, let yeah. things develop. I don't know how a six foot one guy with you know hides like that. Yeah, but he was able to hide in behind that offensive line. It was it was a really really nice run. Yeah, and he was obviously banged up, you know, the entire game. But they they did as good of a job again for what's this the fourth straight week now where they've right. gone against a really good back, and I think that they've done about as good as I would have expected them to do hell. I mean, at this point in time, let alone two months ago, if you would have told me that they would put together these four games against these four backs, I would have laughed at you and said, that's going to be impossible. And yet they did it. They never got totally owned on that side of the ball. But like you said, I mean, at a certain point, they're going to be on the field so long and you know, Wisconsin's going to march down the score. And even then, man, the last drive for Wisconsin, that wasn't easy. You know, that the catch yeah. to get to set up first and goal and then not calling a timeout, still baffling to me. But that catch, that was a nice play by a running back. They, yeah. And they, you know, there was the debate. I know that people were having on Twitter. Should they let him score? Should they not let him score? It still took them three more downs. You know, yeah. they, they even for they, they made them work when they got into the first and goal situation. So, I, yeah. I think you absolutely don't let them score because it's still like Graham Mertz. It's still Wisconsin. Like, and then it's still your offense that you're expecting yeah, to go down the field and score. Nebraska could have had three minutes at the end of that game to go score a field goal, and I don't know that confidence would have been super high. They could have had 10 minutes, and I'm not going to buy that they're going to do it. I mean, seriously. <laughs> By the end of the game, what the offense was trying to do was, you know, and that's it, like going back one drive before that. The Look, I'm okay, and I've said this a bunch of times the last 24 hours. If you want to throw it on third and seven, I am totally good with that because you're kind of in a no man's land, right? Where if you run it up the gut, you're essentially giving them the ball back. You're making them take a timeout, but you're giving them the ball back. But if you're going to do a pass, like maybe a, a high completion type play, why are you chucking the ball down the field that far? I don't know how much of that was on Casey's read. I don't know how much of that was on the play call, but I look, and I know the offense was trash. So in a way, maybe nothing would have worked, but why not try a screenplay? Chancellor Brewington Shafe, like every time he catches the ball, yeah. he seems to be like an auto five yards. If, yeah. if, if if you agree with that theory, he's just got to get two more. Maybe he could have gotten two more and, and the clock would have run. So I was, I don't know. I was just baffled by that play. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen something a little bit uh, safer, closer to the line of scrimmage, just to keep the clock going. So they have to either use a timeout mm -hmm. um, or you're you're running a little bit more clock or you know, just try to catch Wisconsin off guard. I mean, the, the, the one criticism that I think is very fair with Mark Whipple in the running game, uh, not that, that the other ones aren't fair to a degree, but the one that I think I agree with most strongly, there's not a lot of creativity to it. And, yeah, I mean, that is one thing that Scott Frost said, and I was kind of on him about uh, after that Northwestern game, mostly because I felt like you're burying your offensive coordinator in his first performance yeah. uh, kind of when Tension. you were – when you were uh, – the head coach that hired him and yeah. called that onside kick. But the, the creativity doesn't feel like it's there sometimes. Like they just a lot of inside run. You didn't, you know, maybe you try something, you get to the corner, you get to the edge, whatever. Yeah. But that's also hard with, with how bad the offensive line is. And, and frankly, if you edge can even hold up there. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't love that play call. I, I honestly felt like they should have taken that clock all the way down, took a timeout themselves, just gather everybody and talk about like, hey, the high percentage thing is we want to keep yep. The, yep. the clock running. That's the most valuable thing for us here. We're not going to run a straight run. We are going to run a pass. But Casey, if it's not there, you can't throw it. And, yep. you know, it's the same thing. Like, make sure when Tommy Hill's going out there, their chances weren't very high. 
but make sure when Tommy Hill's going out there for that last kickoff, just take the free yards. The time is more valuable than the yards you're going to get us when you're averaging six yards on a kick return today. Yeah, especially but. when you end up getting nothing to begin with. It's 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 really thinking of the offense again, man. It has really gotten to a point where you could go into a post game show or a podcast the day after like this, and it, no matter where you want to blame the offense for their issues, like I think you're kind of right. You know, I don't think any of us are wrong. It's just kind of like. Who do you want to blame more? Do you want to blame the offensive line more for putting Whipple in spots? Do you want to blame Whipple more for putting the quarterback in spots? Like you can kind of go any way you want. And that's, I mean, that's the true indictment of this entire operation is that I think every position it can, can fall in the blame category, or you can use other people to blame for why they're struggling. Right now. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Yeah, and that's kind of why I'm sort of at this, this sort of point where it's like, I don't know that it would be the worst thing in the world to just completely start over everything. I've kind of got to that All point of- too, man. Yeah. Like, I, I understand what's at stake with the recruiting class. I understand what's at stake with continuity on the roster. And yet, it just feels so entrenched. And, and I think I used it baked into the fabric of the program on Twitter. So, I could be particularly melodramatic. But that's just how it feels. Like, it's just like, it does. like I said, and, and it's not just this year. It's not just last year. It's not just 2020. It's not just Scott Frost. It just feels like even dating back a little before that, when given the opportunity to seize the moment in front of them, Nebraska has just turtled repeatedly. Yeah, you know, and I don't it's so frustrating because I don't I don't look across at these teams like Wisconsin and Minnesota and Illinois and Purdue and upcoming with Iowa and think that they have more talent than Nebraska. Yeah. They're just better coached. Yeah. That's all it is. Nebraska has the talent. These guys have are better coached, they're better developed. In some ways, they're they're not even better strategizing. Like I think if Wisconsin hires Jim Leonard, he has to replace that most of that entire coaching staff. It's um, a weird staff then, right now, man. Well, and then on top of it, like I'm not scared of Wisconsin with Jim Leonard. No, he he was. I mean, between both of those coaches, it very much felt like two guys with a, not a whole lot of experience in yep. close and late games. So, yep. uh, and also. 
I don't know what you have to do if you're Wisconsin to figure out that you didn't really need to put the ball in the air ever on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, seriously. What are you doing? Every, are you- every first down pass should have like had like some kind of machine that gets the offensive coordinator kicked in the ass, you know? <laughs> like there's just no point in in doing it. And yeah, yeah. They, they did it a half dozen times to their own detriment. Yeah, thanks a lot for that one, Jim Leonard. I, I'm with you, man. Going back to the coaching staff conversation, I'm with you. And not to, again, melodramatic, not to be too melodramatic, but, you know, we've seen a couple of baseball uh, franchises in the last two decades that had, you know, decades and decades and decades of futility and not winning in the Red Sox and in the Cubs. And one of the things that they that I liked that they did when they overcame that was they brought in managers that, like, they just didn't care. They didn't care about the past. They're not gonna. They're not gonna wallow in it. And look, Nebraska's lack of success does not compare with those franchises and what they went through. But I think I'm with you, man. I've gotten to the point where it's like I think it would be best for all parties if it was just new coaches up and down. And I know what that means. I know that that means I am yep. saying no Mickey Joseph, a, a part of the staff, and and maybe oddly shaped more importantly now no Bill Bush, who I think has become easily the MVP of this season for Nebraska football, but I just like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the short term gains of one recruiting class and a few recruits is what is best for this program. Long-term look whomever the next head coach is, if they want to keep those guys or if they want to keep apple white, or if they want to keep one or maybe none, I don't, I just, I think, I think it might be best to just move on, move on entirely and, yeah. and, and just try something different, try something new and just kind of push all of this, the stink of the last decade plus, into the rearview mirror and, you know, try to figure things out from a new. Yeah. I didn't think that I would be at that point either. And I still don't know that it's a correct decision, but there's just days like Saturday where it makes you wonder yeah. if you just wouldn't benefit from just a completely fresh start over. And I know that's what they tried to do when Scott Frost came in. I mean, the only yeah. person really at that whole operation that stayed over uh, would have been Kenny Wilhite. Um, so it's not like that hasn't been something that's been tried and it didn't lead to success. So I don't know that that's, you know, there's, there's not like there's empirical evidence that you're going to be better because of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just one of those point. things coming out of Saturday where just seeing this routinely and wondering, is it just, you know, built in, like, do they, do they just need a completely new voice? But that's where you hope with a different head coach and, and different assistant coaches to a degree that, there's a different mantra. There's a different belief that you can go and get things done. And there's coaches that develop and put players in the right situation to be successful. Yeah. Look, we see, we have seen enough teams and I'm not trying to say Nebraska is a playoff team or something like that next year, but TCU is a bad football team last season. They didn't they have a new voice this year and they are squarely in the mix to make the college football. Well, they're going and they're making their own breaks. I mean, that's so, you know, a lot of it with Nebraska is they don't go out and they don't get a sack in a critical situation. They don't tip the ball in the air and then come up with the interception. They don't punch the ball out. Like, you know, even Michigan state in overtime against Wisconsin, they got Braylon Allen to fumble. Yeah. You know, like it's not, this is a bad Wisconsin team and Nebraska couldn't get them off, off track in the final drive. Yeah. As good as that defense played for 58 other minutes. In they the couldn't final get one two, stop. They couldn't get the stop. Yeah, and like you look at the end of the TCU game yesterday, where it looked like kind of a comedy of errors, and you're like, "What is TCU doing? They're going to lose this game because of poor clock management." And they end up getting the field goal. And then in the post game, they talk about, "Yeah, we've prepared for these moments where we are down, we have no timeouts, we have to get the entire offense off the field, and then the special teams on the field." And by the time that they got lined up and the kicker got ready to go with three, four seconds left, 
they did look cool, calm, and collected. And he knocked in a field goal, and it wasn't even close. Like it was an easy make for him by that point in time. Like, like so we we've seen enough around college football. I mean, not to mention Kansas, because obviously I know that that brings a whole host of other discussion points right now. But with Leipold, like, that was also a horrible, horrible, horrible football program. And now they're going to a bowl in year two. And are they perfect? Obviously not. They just got rocked by Texas, and they have a whole lot of issues still. But, like, it, it can be done. You can win games at the very least, and you can get to bowl games at the very least relatively quickly. Um, but I, I think it, it's just time for a new voice. I think that place... For whatever reason, it just needs a, it needs a new and a different voice right now. And maybe they'll start believing in themselves a little bit more. Maybe they'll start getting those breaks like you just mentioned. Let, uh, let's finish with this. It's currently 10-12 on, uh, on Sunday, November 20th. Will we know who Nebraska's coach is seven days from this moment? Officially? Like a press release? Officially. No, I don't think so. I don't think we're going to know at this point. You don't think we're going to get a 945 945- press release no i don't i and, and this is no, very little information if any information you're just rooting against it happening on a sunday i definitely am now at least the cowboys don't play next sunday and and by the way props to us for getting 25 plus minutes into this thing and not talking about our beloved football teams playing today and nobody cares about this game besides that, us that's true but and Dallas, millions and millions around the world yeah they'll be watching they'll be watching after they watch the world cup this morning they'll be watching the the cowboys vikings game but there, I just, for some reason, Shafe, I think it's going to happen after the weekend. And maybe, maybe I am, maybe I am wrong, but I just, for, I, I think it, it's going to bleed into, into the next week. But I am also, I think I have gotten to the point. Oh, where, Josh Peterson thinks they're hiring a guy who's in the conference championship <laughs> game. I just don't know if they have the guy locked oh, up yet, man. Wow. Like, I just don't, you know, that there is uh, over, the, over the last 48 hours, it seems like, you know, it seems like Matt Rule has kind of dropped off, right? Like, no one's really talking about Matt Rule as much anymore to be the dude. No, they're, I mean, we're talking about deactivated Twitter accounts is what we're we talking are. about. We are. We're talking about deactivated Twitter accounts. Um, sadly, or, or surprisingly, maybe not Doug Ewald. Um, but I, the, the Kansas guys apparently keep, you know, getting mentioned. People are talking about Kansas guys. Well, Kansas State, Shafe, they might be coaching. Uh, they might be playing in the conference championship game. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think we'll have anything official I'm just hoping at this point in a week there will be something like leaking. Like I just want to know something. Give us some information. You shape. Give us some information and make the announcement a week from today. I'm trying. I'm okay. trying to get that info. I uh, we'll we'll see what I'm able to to accomplish. So you're predicting. So the headline of this show should be Josh Peterson says Chris Kleiman in back. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. But, you know, Trev is shopping. It's Christmas season. You know, you're getting your shopping going. He, he's at the store. He's at the store right now. He just sees all the coaches. If I was really good at graphic work, I would do that. I'd have, like, a nice aisle, a shelf, and then there's, like, Matt Rule on the shelf and Chris Kleiman on the shelf and, you know, all these other coaches on the shelf. Honkin' for Monkin'. Jeff Munkin's on the shelf. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that would be waiting two extra weeks by your, uh, by your announcement. If it's Jeff? Yeah, because they got a they got a bye week after this weekend. Yeah, but you couldn't you couldn't you hire him and then be like, and then he's going to go coach the Army Navy game and then he'll get yeah, back to us. But like, you wouldn't like need to wait that long. You could still announce it on Sunday at That's ten twelve true. in the morning. Do you think it's going to be announced one week from today? At now it's ten fifteen. You think it's going to be announced at ten fifteen? Uh I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll be announced at ten twenty. 
<laughs> you think you'll record? Are you still doing a Sunday side session? Or are you going to do a Saturday side session? Uh, I don't know yet. Um, so I, I don't think there'll be a guest for, for any of the podcasts next week because it's always kind of a mess with the, the weird schedule and trying to get everything put together. So I think one of the two guys will join me. We're oh. trying to figure out if there's a way that we can do a stream yard as they drive back from uh, oh, drive back from Iowa. Yeah. Nice. I, I don't know if we can if we can make that happen or not. My guess is no, uh, but we'll try. And Let's here's the question. Can. So two things off of that. One, I will let you know, mutual friend Jack Mitchell is a little sad that he hasn't been invited onto the Sunday side session, and he was holding out hope that he might he might get the invite for the final game of the season. Yeah, well, Iowa. I mean, look, if someone wants to do it. There like, you go. The, the bigger issue is just trying to schedule in a weird time frame like this. So Absol- Absolutely. Uh, it, look, I'm – more than happy to have Jack Mitchell on the, the Sunday side set. I, I shouldn't be surprised that he's telling other people that he feels left out instead mm-hmm. of just directly asking if he can join. Right? Yeah, exactly. I also don't know that he even knew that this podcast existed. So, Oh, no, he does. He was like, my, my co-worker Caleb Henry was on it. I want to be on it, too. <laughs> so we had Caleb that. Caleb was a great guest. Everybody enjoyed yeah, Caleb. Yeah. The and so here's the other thing, though, that I wonder, Shafe, and, and this has happened, I think, to all of us this season because it happened the day after Georgia Southern. I recorded a podcast that morning. You recorded a podcast. I think you had Corey McEwen on. <laughs> and we all we talk about the game. And then in five seconds, it becomes the most dated listen of all time. Yep. And so ultimately, I'm wondering, will you finish the Sunday side session now with Jack Mitchell? And you'll be like, all right, well, if something happens, it'll happen. And then you'll you'll press stop. And then the press release will get announced. And you'll be like, well, that was a cool podcast. Nobody cares about the Iowa game anymore. I, I think if he wants to do it, we'll just knock it out Saturday morning before the college football stuff even starts. Because uh, I don't I don't think you're not looking for any info on that Saturday. I wouldn't expect anything no. Sunday morning. No, we all got to watch Nebraska and Michigan. We all have to sit down on our couches and watch the game. Uh, so I, I want to finish with this. Like on a scale of one, just don't even care. 10 is, that'd be freaking awesome, and I would celebrate it. Where would preventing Iowa's return to Indianapolis to slaughter against the winner of the game rank in terms of your interest meter? So, um, like, this this Black Friday game, like, if yeah. Nebraska wins, are you a 10 because Iowa doesn't go to the go to Indy? Or is it just, like, a mere three? Yeah, I mean, I tend to lean closer to the tent, mainly from the hilarity factor. Like, cool, congrats, Iowa. You just lost to the worst Nebraska team maybe that I've ever watched, you know, or at the very least, the worst offense that I have watched. And so that would be pretty funny. And the schadenfreude would be would be a whole lot of fun. But, I mean, look, Nebraska wins. They moved to four and eight. It's not <laughs> – they're not going yeah. bowling. You know, they, they, there's not a reward at the end. Even, you know, in, in previous years, 2018 – that that felt like a big moment. They win. They they finish five and seven. They finish five and one in their last six, but they lose. They still would have missed a bull. Obviously, twenty nineteen they would have gone to a bull. You know, twenty twenty was was a weird year. And then last season, you know, it was four milts, and we were all going to make lots of money for milt. Um. So yeah, I I'm not a ten. I'm not a three. I don't know. I'd probably be a six or a seven. But you know, speaking of our friend Jack Mitchell, it'd be fun just to watch the hilarity of of someone like him on Twitter if Nebraska was able to pull off the victory. So yeah, keeping him out of the look. I would also add this. That'd be good for America. I'd rather watch Purdue versus – I'd rather watch <laughs> Purdue get slaughtered than I – I don't want to watch Iowa. That, it was going to be a bloodbath, man. That'll be a gross football game. As a as a Michigan boy that promised me that Michigan was going to win the uh, the Big Ten this year. Yep. How you how you feeling with, with a banged-up Blake Corum and a banged-up uh, – well, 
I don't know, not that effective J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, he's looked uh, kind of bad lately. I, I don't know anymore. You know, yesterday during the Michigan game, I was like, well, definitely going to be picking Ohio State to win the game next week. But then, but then Ohio, Ohio State kind of like messed around with Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, they played with their food, and they're banged up, too. Running back situation looks to be in flux. Um, quarterback maybe situation. Maybe they'll just play a game of seven-on-seven seven to a million. Hey, there you go. There, you, Or maybe it'll just be a low-scoring affair because the defenses will get after the quarterbacks yeah. a bunch. Yeah, I I am – look, I think J.J. McCarthy, his ceiling has been vastly overstated. I think – Like with, every we, Michigan quarterback in the history of time? Man, I was thinking yesterday, Shafe, because uh, in the studio – oh, no, this was Friday. The, a 2010 – game between Michigan and Illinois was on and I was just thinking about you and discussing Michigan quarterbacks over the years and Tate Forcier yeah. among other people so we, yeah we spend a lot of time making fun of Wisconsin's run of quarterbacks yes the better version of Wisconsin but still never had figured out how to have a good quarterback is Michigan yeah that's fair like it, when's the last time Michigan had a quarterback that threatened to be in the NFL since uh what chad henney oh god that might be the answer right that I might mean, be the answer as a quarterback in the nfl because what's his name moved to running back for the jaguars like it is it is amazing how few quarterbacks they ever have play where you're like oh i'd want that guy on my team yeah yeah and they always look so small you know every time i see a michigan quarterback he just looks small like and then i watch an ohio state game and it's like oh that quarterback's huge you know they just look well, like tiny when, dudes. When you're on a run of like Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields and yeah, uh, yeah, and CJ Stroud, I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's a little different. Yeah, that's true. Different. That's true. But uh, you know, I mean, it's it's not anything like a run of Shea Patterson and uh, <laughs> Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara. Who's the Will guy that ended up at UCLA for a a year? Oh, Will Will Spate is that his name? Yeah, Spieth. Did, Space? Didn't he? Didn't he go to UCLA for like the first yes. year? At yeah. Chip Kelly? Yes, he was. He was on. Uh, yeah, he was on the the 2018 UCLA team. What was his name? I'm looking it up real fast. Wilton Spate. Yeah, God, yeah. that guy stunk. But if he was a you, gamer. He played through injuries. Yeah. If you had to listen to one former quarterback do color analyst for every game that your team plays in, would you rather have it be Devin Gardner or RG three? I like RG3. I am on the RG3 bandwagon. I find it fun, and I don't think that it's a act. Like, I I think it's just sort of who he is. Definitely. Which then, the fact that it's genuine makes me sort of enjoy it, because, like, the man's just a character, and we can just experience that. Yeah, for sure. Plus, he seems, I mean, like, he was, you know, they they ate muchachos on the the broadcast yesterday, and then he was tweeting about it again afterwards. Like, he seems like a genuinely good dude. I think he's funny. Robbie said, Robbie Lula said it well to me yesterday on the air. It's good when he is calling a game that ultimately has no significance. His shtick maybe wouldn't go very well if he was calling, like, if he was calling Ohio State and Michigan when it's two versus three and they're both undefeated. But for a game between two bad teams like Nebraska and Wisconsin, it kind of fits, and it makes the broadcast more enjoyable. Him guessing the states, I thought, was a genuinely funny bit, and it's something that, like, <laughs> I don't even I, know what this is. I, I oh, didn't watch. so they did a trivia question, and it was when's the last time that the Big Ten had uh, a game featuring two interim coaches? And he had no idea, and they even gave the answer, and he was like, "I have no idea what's happening right now." And so then they later on they were like, "Let's do an easier question for RG three, and that was what states surround Nebraska?" And so he guessed all of the states that surround Nebraska. It was very funny. And then he ultimately he said he had to Google it. 
So it was, oh, it no. was and, and as someone who, you know, I'm a city boy, I'm from Omaha. I, everything to me is Western Nebraska. I, I felt, I felt like, you know, RG three and I would be best of friends. When you we can talk name all the geography. states though, right? Yeah. 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 And I, I'm pretty good at knowing uh, we were talking about it yesterday on the post game show. The East coast is just the one part where, you know, I know like Vermont, New Hampshire, but some of those states, I'm not exactly sure where they're at. But I know all the states, and I can definitely point to you know probably forty five of them on a map. So if I said just like Utah, you would be able to name all the states around Utah. Around Utah, yeah. All right, let's see around it. So you got Nevada over there. I yep. assume Colorado and Wyoming are touching it. Uh, yep. Idaho does Idaho touch yep. Utah? Did I say California already? What am I? You did I'm, not. I don't does California know if it touch does. it. I don't let's think see. it does. Does let's see. You got Washington. I think, I think uh, Nevada works as a barrier to to California. Okay, yeah, you're right. So did I get them all? Does one of the Dakotas? Maybe touch you're it? missing one. I think. What am I for? What am I? Uh, what am I, I missing? Might be missing two, but New Mexico. One. Yeah, Mexico? because of the four corners. Which in Arizona. In there Arizona. you go. Yeah. All right. Look nice. at that. We got around. Hey, hey, look at that. Nice. This is a new game called Guess the States That Are Around the State. This is great because I was going to end the podcast 15 minutes ago and now I had people listen for 15 minutes just to hear you name the states around Utah. And that was not a hint to Kyle Whittingham. But nice. Nice. By the way, not. before before we go, how are you feeling about the game today? Uh, Vikings win. Vikings at home. Mm. And I don't believe that there's much that scares me beyond Tony Pollard and your offense. So, Okay. Tony Pollard scares me. If they yeah. just stick with running with Tony Pollard, that could be a concern. Um, I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. I, I expect kind right. of like when these teams play, it sort of feels like 2017 is about as high scoring as it gets. Um, so I'm I'm sort of looking for like a 17-13 kind of game. Okay. I'm your, nervous. Your boy Kirk, Kirk Cousins doesn't have to get on a plane because he's at home. That's true. Yeah, he won't take off his shirt uh, on an airplane. Maybe, so hey, maybe, like, Dak, maybe Dak takes off his shirt tonight. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Oh, that'll be a thing. Maybe I look, I bet the first team that beats Minnesota, I bet they're going to do that bit. You know, they'll do it on the airplane. Just as long as Mike McCarthy keeps his shirt on. That's what we want. That would be the guy to take off the shirt. I like that idea. (laughs) Yeah, because you like Mike McCarthy. Yeah, Super Bowl champion Mike McCarthy to you. Congrats to him and congrats to the Packers. I'm sure that'll keep him warm this cold, cold winter. (laughs) Indeed it will. All right, Josh, have a good one. I won't talk to you again until after the results of that game is known. (laughs) Thank you, Shafe. Say up. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.